Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I am so excited to dive into today's topics with our special guest, Mangla. So Mangla has been an entrepreneur since she was 17 years old, both nationally and internationally. Her businesses have won awards from the Prince's Trust in the UK to the P&G Women's Development Award in Singapore. Originally from London, she's moved from Malaysia to Australia, north of England to Scotland, back to London, and is now in sunny Singapore. She started a business in almost every city, but with each move, she's had to pack up and say goodbye to clients who had become friends. Figuring there had to be a better way, she helps others like herself now build a business so they can take it anywhere and not have to start from scratch each time. I am so excited to dive into these topics today with Mangla, and without further ado, let's dive into the interview. Mangla, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to dive into the awesome topics that we have today. So first of all, I am going to start out by asking you, how did you begin your international lifestyle originally being from the UK, and where are you now? Where have you landed? All right. Thank you. Thank you for the beautiful introduction. So I, yep, I am from the UK. And um, when I was little, my dad's business and work took us around. So we were in Malaysia for a short while, uh, where he's originally from. And then we moved to Australia. And like you said, you know, all around like North of England. And I got married to a doctor who also wanted to travel. So life just continued that way. He was interested in, you know, getting experience from different places around the world. And there were so many opportunities that opened up. And so we just continued traveling. So that's it I've known all my life. It's just travel. Wow. So what did the transition from the UK look like to you? Where did you travel to? And then where are you today and how did you choose to end up in the city that you are currently in? Right, so I worked backwards where I am right now is Singapore. And um, about 10, 11 years ago, we were here visiting and um, my husband actually studied here. So he did his med school in Singapore and he was just meeting friends and an amazing opportunity came up. So we were talking about it and the kids were really little. And thought, well, well, let's just try it for a couple of years, you know, it's just see how it feels. The place is absolutely stunning, beautiful place to be in. I thought, let's see, just three years and then we'll head back home. And now we're still here 11 years later. So we really like it. <laughs> oh my gosh, 11 years. That's crazy. I <laughs> have been to Singapore once. It's absolutely beautiful. But I have to ask you, how do you deal with the heat? There is no other country I have been to. And I've been to most Asian countries that is hotter and more humid than Singapore. Yeah, that took a lot of getting used to, um, especially with the hair. Oh, my gosh, you can wash your hair and it just, oh, it, that, that's been the biggest nightmare. But we just timed things so we know not to step out um, between 12 and 3 o'clock. So kind of time my day around that because it can get very, very hot. Um, but at the same time, when we're now looking at pictures of how cold it is back in England, I don't mind the heat so much. So I'm stepping out at odd hours thinking, oh, I better soak this all in. 
<laughs> totally. Yeah. It's such a drastic difference from England, especially right now in December versus Singapore, even in December. Um, but I guess it makes you a little bit more appreciative <laughs> of the heat. Absolutely. <laughs> So I would love to talk and thank you for sharing your story. I would love to talk about the businesses that you've had over the years, which has brought you to your current business, which is expat business in a bag. Um, but I know throughout the years and throughout your nomadic journey, you have had quite a few other businesses. So how did you get started? Where did the bug to really have a business come from? What was that mindset that you were in when you were wanting to start a business of your own? Did you see an opportunity? And then how has that transitioned into your current business now? Okay, so the story is really interesting. So I was on a gap year, I had finished school, and I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, my dad says, right, just go and travel. My family around Asia, go and travel. Maybe you'll just, you know, find something that sparks an interest. So I, since I have a lot of family in Asia, we went around buying little gifts for people because I thought I'm going to be staying with them for a while. I want to give them some nice gifts. So we were around London and buying these little Italian trinkets and which we thought were just really pretty. And when I arrived, everybody just raved over them. They were like, oh my gosh, we haven't seen anything like this. We don't get anything like that here and can you get, get us some more because someone was getting married and they thought oh these would make beautiful favors and so I thought at that I was 17 and I thought what about if I go back home buy a whole lot of these and you know just do some sort of little exhibition and so I did that I went back did a lot of shopping left all my clothes back there so that I could bring as many items as possible and then I arranged for a family member to have like a little sort of open house showroom in her place. I, you know, we stayed up at night labeling things and I was asking her about pricing, what would be appropriate for, um, you know, the, the client, the people she knew and she had invited. And that day, in one day, I had made $3,000 and that was it. And I was hooked and I was thinking, oh my gosh. This was so much fun. It didn't seem like work at all. And I could do this every single day of the year. And that is how I started. And I was just everywhere I looked, every place I traveled, I just kept looking for opportunities, like sort of learning new things. And so, gosh, many, many years later, I am still doing the same thing. I'm looking at opportunities everywhere and I'm just learning new things all the time. I love That's that. That's such a true entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit. So tell us a little bit more about your current business now. And perhaps did that stem a little bit from your first business? It sounds like it may have. Um, but tell us more about what you are currently doing now. Okay. So like that was the first business there. And so I traveled around, so I couldn't carry that with me everywhere. Then back in England, I had thought, um, we, you know, freelance writing, let me try that. Let me try my hand at that. And so I was doing a lot of research, um, looking for markets. And I thought, I'm doing all of this research. Other people could benefit from this. So I put together a newsletter. Um, and then it was just a local newsletter and I would mail it out to people and um, that took off. And then we moved again. So I thought, all right, let's see what would work here. We lived north of England and thought, oh, gift baskets would be really nice here. We were living in sort of the, you know, in an area where there were a lot of doctors. So I thought, all right, these are easy gifts and for hospitals. Again, then we moved. So I had to change that whole model again. 
So then in Singapore, um, I was in the PTA for a very long time, the Parent Teacher Association at my children's school. And I saw a gap in the market there. And that was for really good quality T-shirts and sort of merchandise that the kids wanted to wear. Um, it was an opportunity. There was lack of customer service in Singapore. And I thought, with a business partner, I thought, let's just try it. Let's, let's see how far we go. And that was just before the pandemic hit. But we did extremely well. In that first year, we hit six figures because we just had... The customer service, which was lacking, we knew PTA, so we approached other PTAs around the country, and the business just took off. And then earlier this year, we realized that this is such a brilliant business model. But if one of us were to move again, because you know, with the pandemic, there were so many things up in the air, we'd have to start all over again. And as you get older, you kind of think, oh gosh, do I really want to keep starting over? And so that's how expat business in a bag came about. I wanted to help other women like myself sort of come up with a business concept and idea that they can take anywhere. There is a lot of uncertainty around for, you know, the expat community and the digital nomad community. So we need something to give us a little bit of security. And that's how that this current business came about. Wow, that's so interesting, you know. I've traveled for quite a few years and definitely what you say about kind of, not that I've had to restart, but I can understand every place you go. If you have a physical business, it's so difficult. So it becomes something that really isn't that much of an option to have something that is physical. It has to be something online. So that's an amazing business. And I've really never thought about that as a business. And I love that concept and that. So is it a consulting more so in the sense of consulting on what their strengths are, what they would want to do? Tell us a little bit more about the business itself, because I think this is really interesting for people who are expats wanting to be nomads or people who are already nomads and may not know what they want to do to make an income. I know a lot of people don't necessarily want to work for somebody else and don't want a remote job. They want to work for themselves and start something of their own. Absolutely. And I think there are a lot of people, like a lot of friends that I meet, you know, we're at the stage where the kids are going off to university and colleges and we're just wondering what's next for us. So I, I work with women who are trying to figure out what, what their passion is. What do they want to do? They have built an amazing network. They have all this experience, whether it's travel or through their previous jobs. And they just have so much to share with other people. So we go from, you know, looking at all aspects of their life. Because some women don't want to do a sort of a full-time gig. They want something for fun and maybe just a couple of times a year, like a little workshop. And others think, well, no, this is something I want to build for myself. And it's sort of a legacy that I want to leave behind. And others are thinking of building empires and investing in other women-owned businesses. So kind of see a range of people and everybody's different, um, what their mindset's very different, their experiences are different, and also where they are in their journey. That are they looking at moving back in the next few years because they've had enough of this travel and they have aging parents, for example. So that's been a huge pull and a lot of conversations around that happening in Singapore right now. 
So I speak with them and we talk about everything that interests them. So even if it's just, you know, they did, they learned um, to make authentic Thai dishes in a remote village in Chiang Mai and they think, oh, you know what, I'd love to teach that to somebody and that could be a business idea. Or if they've had loads of work on their own mindset and they feel, you know, they're going through perimenopause and it's just been a real downhill battle for them. And I think, well, I've done all of this research. Let me get a circle together, people, so that we can discuss this together and be each other's support. So there's loads and loads of ideas out there. And I, I think my favorite part is looking at the different niches that we can tap into that um, people just aren't talking about. Like there's such a huge number of stay-at-home dads around the world right now. And um, there are not many people tapping into that market. So I'm, I'm enjoying that bit, sort of figuring it out and looking for the aha moments and watching their eyes light up. That to me is my favorite part of this business. That's so rewarding. And that's really such an interesting business. Um, you can check out her ebook down below as well if you are interested in learning more in the show notes. But thank you for sharing that about your business. You know, I think that's quite um an interesting and innovative concept to really want to fill the gap in the market for that specific niche and those specific women and men who are looking for something that they love and they enjoy that they may not see as a potential business and a potential revenue stream and that is exactly where you come in and kind of fill in the gaps for doing something that they love yeah <laughs> yeah it's 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 conversations I'm enjoying and just hearing people's history like their journey and what's brought them here and some of them who said that you know I was terrible at school but now I have this amazing job and I've been exposed to so many incredible adventures but I want to give back and I want to speak to the those kids in in high school right now who are struggling and don't know what they want to do so I, I think, yeah, it's it's rewarding for myself, but just to know that they can do something that lights them up and it doesn't have to be, you know, dreading Sunday nights, thinking, oh, no, Monday work again. I just don't want to have that corporate life anymore. And I think the pandemic's taught us that, you know, you don't have to have that anymore. That's a phase in your life that you did and you've taken a lot from it. And now we just entered a new phase. We just exactly. need to run with it. Yeah, I love that. You know, the pandemic was definitely a difficult time for, I would say, most of us. But it was like, I personally am very grateful for the time that I had and the time where nothing is really happening in your life. Everything is on pause. It really gives you the time, gave you the time to sit and reflect and think critically about what it is that you truly want to be doing for the rest of your life. And I think for a lot of us, it wasn't what we were doing at the time. No, exactly. And I think it was what was incredible was watching people give back so much during the pandemic. There were people who, you know, were charged thousands and thousands of dollars to attend their seminars and they were just doing it for free on Zoom. And it was a time where we learned a lot. If you use that time properly, there were so many webinars, there were so many different bits of training that you could go for and you could learn so much. And some people have totally changed directions 
based on that because we, we were sort of yeah like you said we had a chance to sort of hit pause and then ask ourselves a lot of questions like, what do we want to do next and that definitely helped a, a great reflection time exactly yeah um well thank you for sharing that about your business really really interesting um so I would love to hear more about your settling as an expat, as a nomad. You have chosen to settle for 11 years now, which is quite some time in Singapore. But what were the difficulties of settling in Singapore and deciding that you wanted to settle somewhere for a longer period of time, which was then extended into a longer period of time. Um, but what were some of the difficulties that you faced throughout that and throughout making that decision? Um, so coming to Singapore when the kids were little um, was a bit tricky because there was just so much to get used to culturally and um, just schools. I mean, so my kids were, uh, you know, we tried different schools to see how they would fit in, what they'd like. So we had to change. Both of their schools had to be changed because we just wanted to find the right fit. Um, I think making friends at the beginning, because the first school where um, we joined, most of the moms were working. So I didn't get a chance to sort of um, meet with many people. So it was at the beginning. And I think in this life, in this expat life, in the digital nomad life, you have to put yourself out there. So you're trying to figure out, you know, different things happening in the country, but you also have to sort of go forward and find out, you know, where are other people meeting? Where's the best place to do this? Or where's the best dentist? Where's the best playground for the kids? So it, it's, I think a lot of it's on you to take that first step. And I know friends who are real introverts and they found that the toughest part. They find moving that the stressful part, it wasn't all the move, it wasn't packing. It was oh, to start over again and to find that try when you've gotten really comfortable. And in this life, in this expat life, you see friends come and go. And I think that's been the toughest part. When you see your kids losing their best friends year after year. Um, and then you hear people back home who said, oh, I'm meeting friends. Somebody I've known for 25 years because we went to the same school together. We went to the same college together and we grew up just a few doors from each other. So I feel like my kids and myself, we, we don't have that. And we have this all new different experience, which is also amazing. You know, you always think grass is always green on the other side. And I tell the kids that, you know what, pe other people wish they had this. We've, we've learned so much about different cultures. We've learned um, how other people celebrate different parts, you know, different times of the year. We've learned about Deepavali, we've learned Chinese New Year. Lunar New Year, the Jewish New Year. There's just so much we've been exposed to. So I think for that, I am so, so grateful because I my kids would have never learned that any, anywhere else. I love that. And, you know, whenever I do decide to have kids or adopt kids, however that may look, I already yeah. know that that is something I want to expose them to and them to be able to travel and experience different things. And Yes, it might be a more untraditional upbringing and lifestyle, but I think that that is something that can really be cherished. You can learn a lot from that. It's so many different experiences, different values from that. And then you have the opportunity when you get older, go to university to be able to be in one place if that's what you want or not. 
absolutely, absolutely. And just learning about cultures, just learn tolerance. You appreciate so much after that because you know that, you know, certain things that we take for granted and people in their home countries can't dress in a particular way or can't act in it particular way and so I think it makes you feel very grateful for where you are and what you have and that's been beautiful. I completely agree and I love what you said too about um, it's really difficult for I mean anybody but especially people who are introverts because I can be somewhat of an introvert as well to establish yourself somewhere new and now I have been in an expat life before where I was there longer term now it's more nomadic but they both come with the difficulties of different degrees of not really knowing who is in your surrounding and having to start over again every single time I was just speaking to somebody earlier today actually who was saying that she just wants to, you know, she's a nomad when she travels. She just wants to sometimes be around a friend who has known her for a longer period of time, more than a few months. And you don't have to explain your story and about you and why you started and what you're doing now. I just want someone to be around me who already knows me and we don't have to kind of go through those formalities. And it was so funny that she said that because I was like, I completely agree not you know not all the time it is great to meet new people but sometimes I feel the exact same way and that can be a major difficulty yeah absolutely absolutely and I think we're at the stage where because my son will be going off to university next year we're kind of wondering well is it time to head back to the UK and well the kids are young it's easy easier to make friends because you know you're involved in schools and school pickups and you meet people at the gates but now I have two teenagers and I don't think I'll be going in for art and craft sessions or reading to them so it's it's going to be yes a new phase in life where my friends aren't going to be moms that you know from the school so it is definitely getting involved in sort of like entrepreneurial groups and networking groups because I have to put myself out there in order to make friends so yeah it's definitely uh, different phases in yeah. life yeah, I completely agree it's always a new adventure but it yeah. is to some degree kind of starting over even if you're in the same city yeah and even when you're moving back home because you've changed so much and we have to know that you know when People have been there the whole time. Sometimes they don't want to hear about our weekend trip to Bali. They, they just, you know, you can't just say that, um, oh, do you remember when you could just, like a long weekend, you could just hop on a plane and get to this place and that place. It's very different. But at the same time, it is super exciting when we're on holiday somewhere and we recognize an accent. So we recognize somebody from the UK or from Australia or from Singapore. We get super excited and the kids roll their eyes because I just want to go straight up to them and ask them where they're from. <laughs> so oh I think, my God. I, yeah, trying to decide and decode different accents has become a little game for us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Um, wow. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing all of that. Such interesting topics, you know, especially when you get into the topic of kids and traveling and I really love to hear different perspectives on that so thank you for sharing that so I would also like to ask you um now from a listener who is maybe thinking about starting their nomadic or expat journey 
or has already started but isn't really too sure what they truly want from it in terms of if they want to start a business, what would that be? What would you recommend for a digital nomad to get started with this lifestyle and to build something of their own? You have built multiple different businesses in different areas. So I would love to hear your input on how a digital nomad can really get started and how they can start by building something of their own. So the first part is to know what circle they're in. You know, if you're in a circle with um, people over the age of 45 or 50, their conversations will tell you so much. What are they, what are they always saying that they wish they had or they could do? Um, and if you've had experience in that, sort of start off conversations and ask, well, what would you, what would you, what would make this better? How could we improve that? Uh, my simple thing, I know friends this time of the year who can't stand buying gifts for teachers. They just, they want it all taken care of for them. And so our friend said, well, I love shopping. I know where to get the best things here. So I will take that over for you. Just give me a budget and I will do that for you. And wrapped and handed over to her. So it's, it's having conversations, being in that circle, but also looking at what part, what do you spend a lot of your week doing? Is it yoga? Is it meditation? Is some, if, would you like to share it with somebody? Would you like to teach people? Um, what lights you up? Is it reading particular things? And do you find that you pick up topics like mindfulness or meditation very, very quickly? Or you enjoy being around spiritual people? Um, there is, I think our lives and our days and our weeks tell us so much about ourselves that when we're quiet and we're reflecting, what do we think about? What do we journal about? And I think when you have that reflection inside, that gives you your idea of what would be perfect for you. And, and you might not find it the first time around. And I think we're tweaking and pivoting all the time. You might start on something and then the audience or you know the clientele tell us they want something else. And so we follow the waves. So I think being flexible is super duper important. And another way is once you have found your ideal business idea is start looking for an audience. Hang out where they're hanging out. Because, you know, mums, yes, will be hanging out at school gates, but they're also shopping for yoga gear. They're also at the grocery stores. They also want to know, you know, what's the best thing for them or their their own mental health. So look at a person, but look at them as a whole, as a whole. We're all much more than just our roles. So try to get inside their head thinking, okay, what do they wake up wondering? What scares them? What do they think about? And so hang out and hang out where they're hanging out and have these real conversations and ask people, ask people, what would make your life easier? What can I do to help? I love that. That is so amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And <laughs> that is honestly the perfect place to start. Um, looking inward, figuring out what it is that you truly enjoy, what lights you up, and then going from there. That is amazing advice. Thank you for that. So my last question for you is, what is one thing you have learned throughout your nomadic journey that really stands out to you? Wow, gosh, that is such a 
That's such a good question. Um, I think each person you meet will teach you something about yourself. And if you look for something, if you're if you're out looking for the lesson in every experience you've had, every you know um, difficult times, there is always a lesson in every experience. So I think look up for that so that you don't have to keep learning that lesson. I think a, a life is definitely like a journey and we're here to sort of level up at each phase. Thank you for sharing that. I really like that. You know, one saying that is similar to that, that rings a bell in my mind when you said that. And it's something that my mother would always say growing up. And I always thought, oh my gosh, I hate that saying. That's not true at all. And now I live by it and I absolutely believe it. And it is everything happens for a reason. And I truly now believe that I have had so many instances in my life that have been negative or haven't been the way that I planned them to be. I'm such a planner and it just did not turn out the way I planned it to be, but it actually in the end turned out to be even better. So now that is something that I always try to live by. Oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah, I remember hearing that phrase going up too. <laughs> I didn't like it then as well. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's the same for everyone. Talking about. <laughs> exactly. And then you get older and you're like, oh, you know what? It makes so much sense now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping my, my kids will think that in a few years' time. <laughs> they will. They definitely will. Well, There's thank hope. you. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time and you sharing more about your expat, your nomadic journey, and where you started, how you got to our, where you are today, and for imparting so much wisdom on us. Thank you so much for being on the show. What an inspiring episode. I hope you got as much as I did from this episode. It was really interesting talking to Mengla, who's been both a nomad and an expat and who has multiple businesses along the way and now helps others create a sustainable business for their life. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to message me on social media down below if you have any comments or would like to chat. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast.